0: Hello. She was a level hit dancer on
1: the road to alcohol. And I was just a soldier on the way to my. What's up? We Welcome into this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. Got a uh, special guest this week for w- one segment at least. And that's uh, Chris Level's going to come on and um, preview. Utah State matchup. Just kind of give a, a, his thoughts on the tournament as a whole, the season as a whole. But it's it's really good stuff. Um, I'm excited for you to listen to it. So I'll shut up so we can get there. Let's get started. But before we get started, uh, we talk with Level. Uh, I just want to tell you guys about the uh, the sponsor of this pod this podcast, Primary Residential Mortgage Incorporated. Um, They're the Lending with a Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Incorporated. Whether you're buying, refinancing, taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts can help find the best mortgage solution for you. Uh, They can help you with purchasing your dream home, uh, investment properties, vacation homes, whatever you need. They're there to help. Um, They have locations all over the state uh, of Texas but the whole thing can be done online so give them a call no matter where you are uh, they love working with uh, red raiders because they are themselves um, they can be reached at p r m i raider at com through their website www.lendingwithpassion.com or by phone at 214-736-9466 so any needs Uh, that you know in that uh, sphere uh, please give them a call because they're great to work with all right big time guest on from here it's potable today this is this might be level's first time on from here it's potable welcome
0: well, you and I, we, we've talked before. Yes, so, yes. yes this not, particular
1: uh, medium, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's correct. That's correct. But, uh, yeah, fun time of year, man. Really, really fun time of year.
1: Yeah. You got any uh, just closing thoughts on the season before we look ahead, the tournament, anything like that, or you just want to focus on Utah State and what's coming up?
0: Well, I, I think, unfortunately, I think uh, the, you know, the showing in Kansas City is – a microcosm of, of their season. Definitely. And, and it's also a microcosm of just how you've played in Kansas city, no matter who the coach was. And it's just, uh, it's frustrating, uh, to say the least. Uh, but you know, and I thought, and I, and I thought that game on, on Thursday night was like the roles were reversed. If you take the game in Kansas city and, and switch the jerseys and all that and and replay the game in Austin,
1: Yep, totally it's the same game. Yep, totally agree. It's
0: just uh, one team ran out of there like they stole something. Uh, and 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 you you know, and it you know, so obviously the Red Raiders got the one in Austin and uh, Texas uh, got the one in, in Kansas City, but that's what because I thought the, the team that lost both of those games really outplayed the other for yeah. about 38 minutes, yep. give or take, you know, and then there were some spurts where that wasn't true, but yeah, so that was. Boy, and it would I, I gotta tell you, man, it would have been uh, interesting had you gotten that done. No joke. I think Oklahoma State was really tired, yeah, having played three games in three days. And you you could tell te- Texas took advantage of that, and then I think you could have taken advantage yep. of that too.
1: Yeah, because you end up getting the free game because yep. Kansas has to leave.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah, with wild times. Yeah, just now ask- I agree with you on
1: the I, I said that same thing. Uh, about switching the Austin game and the Kansas city game, because there've been several games this year. And I think I sent this in our, in our group text where the game ends and I'm like, what the heck just happened? (laughs) You know, a couple of times it's been good. Like the the game in Austin where it didn't seem like tech had any business winning and they win, but then mostly it's been, how did, how did tech lose that game? You know, Morgantown, this one, it's just like, it feels like tech should have won. And yet here I am disappointed. And it just seemed like another one of those.
0: Yeah, no, that's 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 exactly right. But I mean now it's it's uh no margin for error now. You better figure <laughs> no, out a way to win close games, you know. There's not another one. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Can't can't, you know, there's no need to worry about the resume, no need to worry about this or that. But uh just just gotta defend and hit shots and can't come up empty if you're Kyler and Mac McClung and Marcus staying out of foul trouble. I mean, all all the things that you feel like you need to happen, time to go on a
1: run. Yeah, and you mentioned it with the close games thing. Do you think there's anything like particular that's causing some trouble there? Do you think it's overblown issue? Is it just shot making? I mean, what do you think? I,
0: that, a, a couple of things. I I don't. I think you. Uh, one, the Big Twelve is really good, so I'm I'm excited to just step out and not have to worry about all those Big Twelve teams, right? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. so there's that. And two, I I, I think you know you, you're you're clearly missing another guard, like yeah. another. Um, you know, playmaker, if you will. I don't, that's not really Kyler's game. Uh, never was going to be his game. And I'm talking about facilitator, like, you know, just into shot clock, make something happen. And that's, and I, all that pressure falls on Mac McClung. Well, he's been targeted in the last month because he was rolling and they they push him, they beat him up, they get real physical with him. And sometimes the shots aren't falling and it's just, but it all falls on him and that's yeah. tough. Um, it, it also should make everybody appreciate how good Keenan Evans was. Cause he was a freak, yes. absolute freak. Yep. Um, and, uh, and, and, I think, you know, so, so you're kind of missing just another guard type that I think you can take the pressure off or close a game out. If, if that makes that's, sense. I think. Tried to put the ball I was, in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you've tried to, you've tried to get TJ Shannon to do that. I just don't know if that's really in his DNA. Right. Uh, And that may not be fair because you're asking a lot. He's a phenomenal player and a freak athlete and slasher and defender. And I don't know if his
1: shot is consistent enough. Exactly. Like, you know, yeah,
0: because, because you, at some points it's like, I've got to either get a bucket or get fouled. Yeah. And I've got to to build a knockdown. And that
1: that was Keenan's specialty. (laughs) I
0: mean, if it wasn't going in, you you're, you're putting him on the line. His ability to hang his ability, just his leverage and all those things. So. It was it was fun to watch him go to work because they they just run a four flat set yep. and put Keenan up at the top and say go to work young man yep. and they'd, they'd send some pick and rolls and he would just he knew the angles and just the way to play it and you just couldn't help but foul him because he could mm-hmm. hang in the air long enough and his first step know, he's was just, so quick yes such a good player
1: yeah. So, I know I feel like I've appreciated him more as the years go on when you miss that mm-hmm. the guy who you just trust completely at the end of games because I feel like Mooney and Culver or yeah, Mooney and Culver were that a little bit Mo- you know they they would team up to kind of do what Keenan would do but the past two years it's just that's what's screaming out is something that it's like man that was special to watch and well, I don't hey. think I appreciated it in time as much.
0: It's a great point. And I think, you know, Mo- Mooney and Culver could share it, but then you think about like Moro that year was like the third option. I mean, yeah. how good is he as a third guy <laughs> yeah, that's Now, true. as a number two or number one, that, that again, miscast a bit.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So I just, I just say that to, to suggest that, that that's what you're kind of dealing with right now with some of these close games is that you've got a lot of nice Swiss army knife type players, you know, and, and Terrence Shannon and Kevin McCuller, Marcus Santos Silva, but at some point, man, it's a guards game and you yeah. just you got to have uh, you got to have somebody step up and like take and make tough shots at the end of games or stop runs and things like that. And I just think you're, you're because, you know, we thought Jamarius Burton may be better than he's been. He's been right. in my I think Clarence that has got a bright future ahead of him. I love his aggressiveness. He's mm-hmm. got some dog in him. Yes. And and he just doesn't back down. Almost where he needs to turn the volume down a little bit on his emotion. I appreciate it. For the oh record. yeah, yeah. But because there's times where I'm like, go get him, Clarence. You know, <laughs> let, let him know. Let him know you're here. Absolutely. Uh, but but it's not. That's that's sometimes not exactly what you need at the end of games, right? So right. there's just nobody else that, other than McClung or Kyler, you know, that that can really you know take and make tough shots if McCullough or Shannon aren't doing it.
1: It almost seems if only if we could get it's like we almost had to trade Kyler's powers for McClung's powers. And it seems like, because, you know, McClung, I don't know if he's been beat up like you mentioned or what, but he. if only we like, if we could have this Kyler with the closer that Mac was, you know, a couple of months ago, that's what we need right there. But we just can't get those two. And we've talked about it on this podcast before. If we could All just get
0: them playing together
1: though. Yeah. Those yeah, two, their- if, if they have a good game together, I don't, who's going to beat, this team i don't know yeah. not, not many people
0: yeah and then your fear your fear there is that if they do have one of those games that like then that's one of those mcclung and i mean excuse me that shannon and and mcculler are just like oh they can't throw it in the ocean or something i mean you know that's that's just that's my luck anyway yeah you know and that's what you, you mentioned that about uh, mac uh he he, he he takes a beating man and you know. That's what worries me about him coming back next year, and I, I have my serious doubts whether he's going to do that. Because one, how much better can he get here? Right. I mean, yeah. what what his stock? If you look at me as a prospect, how much better can it get? Okay. So, how, what can he improve upon? He's always going to be the smallest guy on the court right. for the most yeah. part. He's not going to get taller. Gonna, <laughs> no, and he's going to get beat up. Yeah. Because he takes a beating. Uh. Yep. Because he's fearless. And there's only so much basketball and those legs of his so much yeah. spring at some point that slowly goes away and i i just wonder if he'll want to maximize this window because i mean he's had a great year uh it, it had its highs and lows and i think that he realizes now how really good the big 12 conference mm-hmm. is because as good as he played, there's just a straight bullseye. I mean, and, and you're watching like Texas, for example, last Thursday, it's like, let's, let's put Coleman, let's put Ramey, let's put Febris, whatever. They switch off and they just sit on his right hand. Don't let him get downhill. And those are, those are some of the best guards in college basketball. I mean, and, and that's just one team. And then you deal with Davion Mitchell at Baylor, and you deal with – I mean, it's just like – it just comes at you in waves.
1: Heck, even when Sims would switch on him, you've got this freak athlete with this 10-foot wingspan, and you can't get past them. You Usually you want that switch onto a big, but well, I'd rather go against those guards. <laughs> which is a great
0: segue about Utah State. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a great segue about Utah State because yes. – uh, Jamish, uh, Kata, I think is if I said it right okay. uh, from there. I was wondering. Yeah, that, that's, uh, th- that's going to be a problem in this game yeah. because you, you know, Texas tech this season is a points in the paint outfit. That's just yeah. who they are. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, here's the stat that should scare everybody. When Kata is in the game, teams are making From inside the arc, less than forty percent of their field goals. Just inside the arc, when he's in the game, when he's out of the game, it goes up to fifty-one percent.
1: Get him in foul trouble,
0: exactly. And that's and yet he's only fouling at just over two times a game on average. He's only fouled out twice all season. Wow. So, because that's my first thought, like go go small, pull him away from the basket, get him switched on some pick and rolls try to penetrate, see if he helps up and let, let some of those baseline cutters do their work. But because that, that, that this is much like Tariq. There's some, he's got 90 something blocks. Okay. This Kada. And there's something about that, that doesn't ever show up on any stat sheet and Tariq Owens was great at this. How many shots does he
1: alter or oh, does he yeah. discourage? Yep. You know, you, like, you watch jazz games. You see that people driving to the Rudy paint with Go Rudy Gobert and they just drive right back out. <laughs> we'll yeah, find another like, shot.
0: Probe, <laughs> probe, probe, probe. Nah, I don't think so. Not, yeah. not looking good in here. Yeah. I mean, and that's because how, we saw it against Texas. You you get in there and you start shot, fake, shot, fake, shot, fake, and they just stand over there like, <laughs> yeah. okay, dude, hurry up. Let's get yeah. this over with because I'm about to chew on a Spalding right yeah. here. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's what you kind of what you're dealing with this kid. Now, the, the flip side is – this is the majority of what they've got. They right. play through him. He is a back to the basket, throwback center. Who's a really good athlete. They let him facilitate. Uh, he struggles with double teams at times. He will turn it over. Well over 60 turnovers on the season. Uh, but That's good to
1: know. Cause I feel like we can take advantage of that. Some with some yeah, interesting I, I, defenses. I agree.
0: And they only have really one knockdown shooter in Brock Miller. That's that's really it. They have guys that can make threes, but really one guy that they you'd qualify as a green light guy that that scares you. But again, in this tournament, all it takes is one other guy to make two or three of them. You're like, dang, man, I wasn't on the scouting report.
1: And you've watched more than me, obviously. But is he a guy like we just talked about with Sims, where if you get a switch on him on the perimeter, can he hold his own out there?
0: Uh, Yes and no. I, I think he he's absolutely athletic enough. Uh, you know, the kids originally from Portugal. He's just a very athletic center. Um, and and I think that you can catch him, but I think but he can hold his own, too. You know, yeah. it, it's kind of like, I mean, OK, Santos Silva, you can pull him away. Sometimes he's going to be OK in those matchups. Other right. times it's like, oh, goodness, this is not a fair fight. Right. So that's kind of what you're dealing with. I don't know exactly what Chris and them will ultimately decide to do as the game time gets closer, on, on how to do it. But you 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 can rest assured there'll be a lot of motion, a lot of a lot of trying to pull him away from the basket. And you see, that's the beauty of playing in the Big Twelve is you see a lot of times, like Kevin Samuels, another really good big in the Big Twelve. Okay, he's not as good as those other guys, but like he he's a straight stay in the paint guy. So and a lot of times. He's not, they run a pick and roll off the top. Samuel just he just stays drops, he's yeah. playing the goalie, yeah, you know, he just he just does. And and so th- th- they they understand how to play against both styles. If you if a guy will come out there right. or if a guy's just going to stay, they you know, and sometimes it's just going to come down to can you knock down shots? You may yeah. get some open looks and you just got to make them. That's yeah. all there is to it. it can be a simple game at times, yeah, and a frustrating one if exactly. they don't go was about,
1: exactly what I was about to say. We've seen both yeah. sides of that because I was just looking at their uh, basketball reference page. And and before we started recording, I mentioned to you, their total rebound number scares me because it's seventh in the country. Defensive rebounds, top 20, assists, top 20 or 25. uh, And then all of their other stats, three-point percentage, field goal percentage is all like 185th. So it's just interesting that those assists, blocks, and rebounds – Or or like those are the three things that stand out and everything else seems to be well below average
0: yeah so this is uh in many ways these are these are somewhat mirror images of teams okay real i think here's what you say identity wise defense Mm -hmm. struggle to score at times okay this 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 should sound similar for both the both right don't don't shoot a ton of threes whereas everybody is doing that in college basketball these are two teams are not heavily reliant on that i think you know they they they, again capable yes but but you know and i think texas Tech's a little more capable than utah state as far as how many guys you can knock them down yeah and and yet the difference is the smallest guy on one team scores all the points and the biggest guy (laughs) on the other team scores all the points so pretty fascinating um But they they treat like if you watch how Texas Tech plays through Marcus at times, that's what Utah State is majoring in because right. a lot of times they'll they'll throw it to Marcus and let okay uh, is he are they going solo on him or are they going to send a double and mm-hmm. and he's kind of waiting waiting where's the double coming from and then you kick it out and then you start yeah. playing off of that whether it's a
1: I like when they do that
0: yeah and I and I think that's a healthy mix this is what Utah State's going to do really he's going to get a he's going to get a try to get a paint touch every time down and sometimes he makes the right read sometimes he tries to just score over a double team but he's a true back to the basket guy and so and and there'll be times where he's making the right read two or three times in a row and there may be yeah, times yeah. where he turns it over a couple yeah. three times in a row and, and so
1: for as fast as tech likes to play that's good too just getting out on the break hope, hopefully yes. finding some easy baskets
0: Yeah, McCuller and and Shannon uh, will be paramount in this game because, one, they're going to be asked to help defend this kid. Right. And, and two, they've got to stay out of foul trouble, and they've got to score, especially in transition, as you said, because one of those turnovers happens off to the races because this is a big, burly, slower team. Like, their their pace is not super fast. Um, So, um, you know, I I think it's fascinating, too, because they also, as far as storylines go, because they played in Lubbock earlier (laughs) – in january which is so weird to me it is you weird just randomly get a draw and it's the <laughs> yeah. tournament oh by the way it's a team that played two games in your city only
1: we would have known that then i could imagine yeah. the scouting going on that's what i'm saying
0: yeah yeah they played uh in early january they were here for four or five days they played new mexico twice on the campus of little christian um but they also have a virginia transfer i mean what are the odds
1: oh good
0: yeah mark marco <laughs> anthony played on that national championship team he didn't play in that game but he played some in the tournament down yeah. getting to that point. Apparently, I'm, I'm told his his shot is really ugly, but he's, just, he's a double digit scorer. So he scores for him a little bit. I've mentioned to you Brock Miller, yeah, you know, and and, and some things. But yeah, the storyline there, I thought about the Virginia transfer. I was like, oh, of course. Of course yes, they have a Virginia course. transfer. Yes. And of course this team played in of – Oh, and by the way, of course you're going to play in Bloomington, Indiana, the home of Bob Knight or where <laughs> Bob Knight built that program.
1: I didn't even think about that. And now, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. because. And everybody on Twitter is, oh man, Indiana gets to scout Coach Beard. That's like, right. Oh. Yeah, I'll,
0: I'll be, yeah, because obviously, if you University of Indiana is essentially kind of why Chris Beard is the head coach of Texas Tech. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because Bob Knight comes here, and obviously Chris's longtime tenure is an assistant at Tech, and now I just, I just is just like, Lots whoa, of, this is crazy. Yes. And they really uh, got a prime window on the first day of the tournament too. Oh yeah. It's going to be one of those games. that's really kind of out there all by itself. Uh in, in Bloomington. And I think a lot of people circled that one as far as some of the best first round matchups and goes, Oh, yeah, I'm I'm tuning in for that one.
1: Yeah, it does seem that seem that way. Just I've just seen random people discussing it. You know, is this a potential upset or is tech gonna make a run? Those seem to be the two schools of thought. There's no like, well, tech may win this one and then lose in the next round. There it seems to be one or the other.
0: Yeah, and, and Chris will always tell his guys in and, and in settings the first game of these tournaments is always the hardest one. Yeah. It, it just is. And he, he will say, you get me past the first one, our staff will get you past the second one. Yeah, And that's what his message has always been. Because he feels and trusts in, in the one-day turnaround that he can get his team better yeah. prepared than the other team on what the other team's going to do and this and that, which would be you know Arkansas and Eric Musselman maybe, as long as the toothpaste doesn't <laughs> – uh, I mean, Speaking have of,
1: the, you said contrasting gonna... styles, just those two games. I think Hunter told us that is there a 30-point difference in the total between those two games? Just well, the, and, and the,
0: <laughs> the funny thing about Arkansas and Colgate is, is you could tell me that that game was going to be 101-73 to Arkansas, or you could tell me that that game was tied at 91 with a minute to go, oh, and yeah. I'd believe it.
1: Oh, yeah. They both I mean, jo- can score. Yeah.
0: Jordan Burns is a stud for Colgate and this is exactly what they want. Like yep. Arkansas is going to do play in a style that Colgate, like, Oh, this is what we do. Absolutely. Sign me yep. up.
1: That's exactly why I, I I think I said this in our group text too. I'm more worried about Utah state than whatever the potential second round matchup is, because it just seems like I try, like you said, I trust beard and the coaching staff, but I also just trust in these weird tournament games. It just seems like shots don't ever fall quite like they used to in your in your conference or in your home gym, it just seems a little different.
0: You better be able to play in March in the half court. Yeah. And so many teams get up and down and create turnovers and, and all that. The game slows down in March. Yeah. Chris talks about it all the time. Play March basketball, yeah. which what he means by that is we've got to be able to execute. We, we can't just turn them over and get out get all these runouts and, and get all these points. They're also not going to call as many fouls typically. Right. So if you're heavily relying on trying to get to the free throw line, it's not going to happen as much.
1: Which should make us slightly nervous. The half court game, the, the foul calls. I mean, yeah. sometimes we can, we can struggle in the half court a little bit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt. And that's why you know having a closer or a guy that can create and maybe needing in one more of those is so key because right. like you know you talked about that Mooney could do it Culver could do it yeah um, you know Spe- i think
1: speaking of the fouls what do you, what do you make of the whole referee situation the covid yeah, yeah. The, i mean wild. that's well, I don't, what do you do i don't even know like yeah what? there there's <laughs>
0: apparently like 60 officials i thought sent to Indianapolis. I think I heard that right. And so they're, they're minus six. Okay. I didn't and realize there were that
1: many. I thought it was a, a smaller number. So no, that's not
0: I, as big of a deal, I guess. And Natilly Natilly's the one that threw Chris Beard out against West Virginia. Okay. Higgins is the one, I mean, th- these are, these are some of the best refs right, wrong or indifferent. These are some of the best refs in college basketball. Right. And then and Higgins is the one with the highlights I and mean, he's been around for, free, for he's the one that got on the Kentucky, that whole controversy when they they just sh- almost shut down his his roofing business there in Colorado and he sued them oh, yeah. and it was a <laughs> mess yes yeah but Higgins um yeah so anyways um I think uh I I, I think that they'll just call guys up I guess yep. I'm not I'm not real sure yeah I'm not real sure
1: that that part of that scares me and part of that makes me excited I don't know <laughs> because sometimes i get frustrated with how tight college basketball games are called so you think well maybe these guys that are called up won't call them so tight but then you know it's you well, just never know
0: but but like if you if you look in Kansas City and i think higgins was on the call and it, it was it was the opposite of called tight yeah. it was like oh, a yeah. wrestling yeah. match i mean yeah. i was like i'm shocked that this is is cuz it's about to get out of control as physical yeah. as this is being oh, yeah. played I mean, and you're you talk about learning how to play through contact, goodness gracious. That yeah. that's been a while since I've seen a game as physical as that one.
1: But I'll say that was one of my favorite games of the year. And I don't know to if To watch. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if that is correlated at all, but I mean, we were texting about it in our group. It's like this is a dang good college basketball game and there right. are athletes everywhere, and I don't know yeah. if that had anything to do with it.
0: Well, and it was a perfect game for a guy like TJ Shannon. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, and whether he got fouled at the end or not, I don't know. Uh, and then, you know, you, 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 you have an issue when it's oh, well, everything's allowed to go on and then they call yeah. some ticky tack crap right. at the end on on Matt Coleman. I'm just like, seriously. I mean, that that's the part that frustrates me. It's <laughs> yes, like, hey, if you're letting it go. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. But if you're going to call it tight, then do it. But don't yeah. don't be don't change it, you know. Mm-hmm. Because players adjust to that.
1: Oh yeah, you know? and and you're yeah. kind of
0: taught to do that. Yeah. yeah. So if you're if
1: you're in a wrestling match for 30 minutes, it's hard to all of a sudden not touch anybody.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Um, anything else on this game or or Tech's potential going forward before we look maybe look at the rest? Of, if anything stands out to you with the rest, yeah. of the bracket?
0: Uh, I mean, no, no, I I think that I think that Tech. It's funny because there's a lot of teams like Tech in this thing where people are looking at their bracket and going, okay, they could easily get picked off in the first round or i could see him in the elite eight okay which one is it and (laughs) and that's that's the maddening part about trying to fill out a bracket yeah uh because you know and and again it just speaks to the first game is the hardest one if you get past the first one then you set yourself up to kind of to be on a run and everything so because that's the i mean we can now say a 16 can beat a one yeah I mean it's happened. And then Check that, that one is
1: that one is guaranteed to win the national title the next year. I think that's just how it
0: works. So. <laughs> Apparently <laughs> I mean, that, so. That's what the numbers says. So. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh but but yeah, I, I think uh I think if you see if you just get some shot making here, I, you know, you know, they're going to play defense. You know, the yeah. energy is going to be up, you know, they're not going to, cause I mean, think about it. This is Mac McClung's first time to play in this tournament.
1: Oh, I didn't realize that.
0: Yeah. This is uh Marcus Santos Silva has with VCU. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously Kyler has done it, um, you know, and, and, I, I don't know what, what Chris will do with the rotation ultimately. Right. You know, because I think Burton is healthy enough to play. I was going ask know, that. Okay. And I don't know if you break the seal on that and let him, get back in and in the tournament i don't know yeah. how that works and maybe Especially it's just situational
1: i've really liked those clarence minutes and really the agbo minutes which i think yeah. is where the, they came from uh so I, yeah that's that's a tough call
0: yeah yeah um and so uh you know the, the, there's some things there and, and i'm a, I'm gonna assume that tj is gonna still continue to start yeah and let micah come off the bench so you know may, maybe your bench is uh that worries me a little bit because if you think about it, your bench is Tyreek, Clarence, and uh, and Micah.
1: Not a bunch of scorers there.
0: Not a lot of punch <laughs> off the bench at that point. Well, and, maybe
1: literal punch, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Clarence yeah. and only.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and so, but maybe Micah has a, a few of these games where he really kind of grows up and has some play some of his best basketball right now. And, Not that he's not grown up, you know what I'm saying? Like really, like kind of like flashes.
1: Well, I mean, that's that's ultimately where Zaire Smith was went from. Maybe this guy could be drafted to. This guy's a lottery pick. Was that not not saying that Michael's going to be that guy? But you you've seen people, you know, and they remind me of each other. Is the only reason I say it. But you've seen people be like, okay, this guy can play with the best of them when it matters. So.
0: And I think Kyler did that as a true freshman in right, that yeah, run. People yeah. forget about, I mean, he scored 12 points in the national championship yeah. game. He was around the 8th no to 12th. No, he just was like, because all the pressure was on those other guys. Yeah. So he's just out there hoping. And so maybe Micah can channel some of that too. Like, man, this is this is Max's deal. This is Marcus's deal. Yeah. This is Kyler's deal. Like, I'll just kind of pick up the slack when, when I can. And sometimes you just play free and yeah. loose and be, a, be an athlete.
1: Cause that's how I thought he played. I thought it, the game against Texas in the tournament was his best game in a few weeks that it, just off the top of my head, he just seemed aggressive. He's decisive using, you know, the skills he knows he has not trying to do things he de- He can't, I, I don't know. I just, it gave me some, some hope for going into the tournament for him that he could, his athleticism can just, cause I mean, there's nobody that Utah state has that I think, can match him. He has
0: to win these matchups. Yeah. Let's be honest. There's some of these (laughs) guys on the floor that, that need to win their matchup. I don't know if it's realistic to say Marcus Santos Silva is going to win his matchup. The other guy may be just better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But like McClung uh, PV, the Shannons, the McCullers, those guys have to win those matchups because it's going to take some, some currency defensively on how you want to spend it to, to try to shut this guy down offensively. I mean you throw it to Marcus. I mean he's got that big boy standing right behind him. I mean good luck, you yeah. know, and Marcus struggles anyways yeah. e- even against uh these guys in the Big 12, which I do think that this guy and again that's the that's the fun part about playing in a league like you're in. I mean you have seen
1: yeah.
0: You've seen guys that, that just can can, you know, sit down and turn the light off in their office <laughs> at the same time. I mean yes. I mean you know, I'm trying to think if I missed anybody, but you know, seven, Samuel was another one, but you know, with Sims and and Culver uh, and McCormick I mean these are these are giant wingspan guys yeah. these are guys that can score I mean heck
1: well who's the big guy for Iowa State not the yeah man, Solomon Young I mean he gave us problems as yeah as he was Iowa a big State burly yeah, yeah big
0: burly guy so you, you've you seen a lot of that and you, yeah. you forget uh you know obviously Baylor doesn't have anybody like that I mean he got Flo Thumb out there but yeah. that's not really uh um, you know, anybody, Kansas state plays with Davion Bradford and yeah. they've got, they've got some bigs and they rarely take one of those guys off the floor. So yeah. th- this won't be, you know, nobody's going to freak out. And like, you're like, Oh my gosh, I haven't seen anybody like this. You've seen plenty. Yeah. So that, but the good news is is they don't have the firepower around right. the perimeter. Like most yeah. of these big 12 teams do or the you can athletes.
1: double him. You can double him with a little less worry.
0: Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, you'll, that's the beauty of having a week to prepare for this game is you'll know, okay who, who who's in the game who can we help off of we'll just right. dare some guy hey if, he, if he's going to knock down two or three we'll adjust but we can help off whoever's guarding this guy you dig in the post it, you know I mean th- those are the those are the split second right. decisions you better make and it's hard to we told you all week well coach but he was you know I mean it's like <laughs> uh, it's tough man
1: oh yeah tough. yeah hopefully our luck our shooting luck turns around a little bit because it seems like guys have just had career nights against <laughs> against us so we gotta yeah. hope if we're gonna double and none of that happens no doubt uh before we get out of here anything else about the tournament the bracket stick out to you or the draw anything like that
0: i i thought okay just some big picture thoughts i yeah. thought that the general bracket was really well done yeah because I think typically we look at one of these regions on paper and we go, man, that one is the strongest by far. Yeah. It doesn't mean we're always right, but right. we like look at it and go, oh, man, that's a nightmare, the, the the bracket of death or whatever. Right. And then sometimes you, contrary, you look at one, man, that's that's a pretty easy route. I, I, I thought this was about as balanced yeah. as I was ever seen. That's a good
1: point. I haven't seen it. I mean, it man, really was. Yeah. The South is loaded. You haven't seen much of that.
0: there. there, there yeah, they're, they're, yeah, It just doesn't exist, and, and maybe that speaks to kind of the the, the general feel. That there's enough good teams that it really was able to to balance out. Also, uh, I'm, I'm fascinated to see like what happens with Kansas and Virginia. Definitely, I think yep. Kansas' situation is a little more settled, but yeah. there, there there'll be no Jalen Wilson for probably the first weekend. Right. He's your third leading scorer and your leading rebounder. He's a yeah. stud.
1: And Virginia and
0: McCormick and Inaruna are apparently.
1: Sorry, I was just. They're gonna still say, in quarantine. Yeah, I was, but they're not. They play Saturday. They can't even possibly play until Saturday, right? Like they're in right. quarantine yeah. till Friday. I,
0: yeah, the committee apparently did 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 uh, Kansas and Virginia some favors by right. putting their games on Saturday yeah. uh, one and Saturday I think late, you yeah. know, two. So if they Whether have any
1: setbacks, a, like it's done,
0: right? It's Louisville. Okay. Yeah, it'll oh, be Louisville. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, you know, yeah. I mean, isn't that, isn't that crazy? Because L- Louisville will just slide into whatever seed that they get, whether it's a 16 or a one, they just like move right into that spot. <laughs> that is I, mean, so I don't know weird. how else they were supposed to do it, but it is so bizarre.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> imagine trying, I, I can't imagine being like at a Louisville practice and be like, this may matter. This may not. Y'all could be done after this practice, or we could go play a freaking tournament game. Like it's just yeah, that's it's right. So, so weird.
0: It's and from your mindset standpoint, that's tough, yeah. man, yeah. But like, if I was picking, you know, uh, upsets in the first round, I'm at. I mean, I'd, I'd take Ohio ten out of ten times against Virginia. Yeah, because they they, they can't practice. Right, they're, they're sitting at, You know, and, and all these guys may not have the virus, but it's it's contract tracing, contact right. tracing. Excuse me. Right, but you think about your cardio, your timing, your, 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 your prep and all that. It's like, okay, you know, an adrenaline will get you through part of this. If you're Virginia, you show up on Friday and get a look at a court and all that stuff. But man, that's a lot to ask. And Ohio runs a ton of ball screen stuff. Yeah. I mean, they start sending them from everywhere, which creates a lot of assignments and all that. And you can only imagine with a week to prepare that they'll even try to uh, do, do some different things now knowing what they know. So I, I would, I, I will pick Ohio. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. that That's, that's smart. Well, what's weird too, is like, I thought Kansas played well, you know, in their tournament game, obviously the big 12 tournament game, and then more of the COVID stuff happened. So I, I don't know what to do with them and, <clears throat> but Oklahoma state, like it wouldn't shock me if they went on a run as good as they were playing. I mean, they've got, to me, it looks like a pretty favorable draw. It's just looking around the big 12. It's It's just, like you said, it's hard to, it's hard to really look at it and make solid predictions because there's just so much, there's a lot of even, evenness throughout this bracket.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what makes for a fun tournament. And I don't know because these teams are not apples to apples, the way that the, the, the bracket was set up. Like, you know, the, the committee things were not equal, unequal games, no non-conference, gaps in the schedule i mean look at iona for example and rick patino i mean he he just they missed what like six weeks of the season and yet here they are in the tournament because (laughs) he won the conference tournament yeah and so it's just kind of fascinating so i don't know if that's going to lead to a lot more upsets or a lot fewer i I don't really know i I, that's the fun part about checking this thing out because nothing should shock us nothing that we see I mean, even Gonzaga getting popped early or Baylor getting popped early shouldn't just go. I cannot believe it. I am stunned. It right. should not, you yeah. know, uh, because and, and which team is locked up in those rooms in in Indianapolis? And and does somebody break protocol? Does somebody right. go? I cannot stand it. I've <laughs> got to get out and get some fresh air. And and you you know, I mean, you get you get caught. It's like right. the NBA deal. Yeah, the, the Houston Rockets Rocket. Guy. Yeah, it's like Daniel he's just House. like. Oh, oh i i just went to get the food that they brought me well you 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 left the the quote unquote bubble you're you're out for a week to 10 oh, yeah. days or whatever it is um yes there'll be some of that and who yeah. handles all that the best that. oh yeah that's yeah. why nothing should shock us here you know yeah. because somebody's gonna screw up or somebody's just not gonna handle this the right way you know who who knows who that will be
1: yeah and, and, and even- it's gonna
0: be even worse the second weekend <laughs> A lot of downtime, man. I'm telling you, a lot. I've been on these trips before. Yeah, it is a lot of downtime to the point where you just you go crazy. I mean, I was yeah. in Anaheim, California, across the street from Disneyland, and I was kind of going crazy because right. downtime. You that know? was
1: pre-COVID,
0: exactly. Yeah. yeah, I went to In-N-Out Burger, and, <laughs> and then I'm like, man, can we play a game already? Yeah. Goodness gracious, these are. I long guess
1: ones. I do like having beard in situations like this, and you would know better than me. But it just he just seems like the type of guy that would come up with some stuff to keep the guys occupied. I don't well, know if they, that's the right word. <laughs>
0: they'll, it, it, I mean, I, I don't know what all they did. There was talk about, Hey, let's, let's buy a pool table or bring one. Just, you know, take it apart, put it on the bus, get, right. it, get it up there. Let's, you know, they bought every board game known to man and yeah. sat around. I mean, it was just like trying to do anything to keep them engaged and not just sitting in your room isolated. Right. Um, well, Cause that was you know, a big
1: thing in the NBA bubble. Like you mentioned is, Guys were like literally having mental health issues because of the isolation and the boredom and all that kind of like that could the truth, man. Yeah. I mean that could impact this thing too. There's a lot of variables.
0: Scary. Yeah. 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 And that that stuff is no joke, man.
1: Oh yeah. That no stuff is no joke. That. Well, yeah. Well, this was fun. You got anything else before we get out of here?
0: No, man, fun time of year. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll do one of these next week and talk about a Sweet
1: 16 appearance. That's exactly right. Exactly yeah. right, yeah. And we, before we got on here, we were talking about ways to kind of what to do after Friday. So, we'll let you all know if you're listening to this. We'll have something <laughs> ready. So, i got and some I'll, research I'll, to do. <laughs> I'll
0: give you one trivia question about right. uh, the Sweet 16 because, potentially, you could play right. Arkansas for the right to go to the Sweet 16. right. Arkansas was last in the Sweet 16 in 1996. Okay. How many different programs have made it to the Sweet 16 since 1996? Oh man. 99. Wow. How about that? that was
1: I was if I was going to guess, I would have been about 50. So that's, that's almost double what I would have guessed. Wow.
0: Yeah. So, there you go. Was that
1: the year they won it? Cuz they won it once, right?
0: uh it, it may have been yeah scotty young and corliss yeah. williamson those those guys yeah that was uh, those some of those hog teams man they were good man oh, yeah i oh, grew yeah. up watching the them play in Fort Worth all the time playing tcu and then i'd go to oh, the southwest yeah. conference tournament and reunion arena man and there'd be there'd be fifteen thousand hog fans calling the hogs from the rafters and then like <laughs> little pods at like tech and rice right. and texas and baylor fans and all that stuff and then they just <laughs> they called it barnhill south That's uh, yeah right. T- yeah, Todd Day and Lee Mayberry and all that. Forty minutes of hell. is what uh, Nolan. <laughs> yeah, Richards that's told. what I've
1: heard. Yeah, that, that, I yeah. knew there was oh, some They, they of... were,
0: they were a handful, man. They yeah. were an absolute handful.
1: So. All right, well, I appreciate you hopping on. This is fun.
0: Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me.
1: All right, talk to you later. All right, now for the second part of the podcast. It's a long one, but it's a great preview. Level gave us some good stuff. Now I'm about to talk to a tech hoops guy, Hunter Davidson from red Raidersports.com. And he's just got a lot of analytics and betting and, you know, y'all, y'all know his deal, the usual stuff. And it's all awesome. So um, I know this is a long one, uh, but you can divide it up to, you know, to save some over the next few days, getting ready for Friday's game. Um, But it's all worth a listen. Heck, listen to it at time and a half speed if you have to, but it's all good stuff. So, uh, I'll shut up so we can get to it. Here we go. All right. Another sponsor we have, which I'm excited about because I love their stuff Homefield Apparel. Um, they're a new Red Raidersports.com sponsor. They're a premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis. Um, you know, as many of you know, if you've been on Twitter, because they are very active there, um, but they have incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage designs, um, and I'm wearing my the sweatshirt that I ordered right now. It's I had high expectations when I ordered it, um, and it's even. Uh, better than i expected ridiculously comfortable ridiculously soft looks outstanding those logos those old school logos i'm probably gonna have to order another one because my wife will claim this uh, but luckily they're giving 15 off with the coupon code rrs so you know if you're interested in some new tech gear you can't go wrong with home field apparel uh they're outstanding so uh When you're there, use the uh, promo code RRS at checkout to get 15% off and you won't be disappointed. All right, now we got Tech Hoops guy here, Hunter Davidson, who no lie told me he spent 12 hours researching yesterday or the day before, one of the two. So I may just kind of get out of the way, clear the lane, and let Hunter go ISO here, but uh, how's it going, man?
2: going good. Yeah. No, it's so uh, 12 hours researching so it's like uh more so trying to get ready for some contests and uh that that I'll be in And and you know, so yesterday there the odds, the futures odds for um you know, all these teams kind of have come out and they have been out but once the bracket's set then they've changed a lot and um so yesterday so yesterday was kind of uh, a day of them being like moving based on, you know, action people taking and then like the little derivative markets come out. Like who will make, will they make the sweet 16 or not? Or will they, win their region or not? Uh, so that kind of stuff. And, you know, if I'm going to be, in, I'm in like Calcutta auctions, I'm in confidence point, uh, brackets. I'm in, um, these things called like, uh, it's like a bank contest where, um, you know, like a seed, if they, when they beat a seed, they get, points. So if you beat yep. a three seed, you get like 14 points or, or something. Oh, yeah. And if you, and um, if you bank them, then you get those points. But if you don't and they lose, you lose their points right, you know, yeah. and you can only pick like one. So there's that, you know, I'm going to be in a lot of different uh, contests kind of managing those and um, was trying to get a handle on, you know, like the, the market yesterday. And that's what I was doing.
1: I like those confidence pools or whatever they're called i've done a few of those what what's your number what's your number one what are you most confident in besides like i guess the number one seeds are your obvious ones but uh Uh, so
2: number most confident what do you like
1: uh well yeah who's gonna be number one like who's your um who do you have the most because i've done it before like where it's a list i don't know if that's what you're talking about
2: yeah uh so if you're talking probably like a U of H. If you're trying to like a non one seed to win the first game. Yeah. U of H is going to be in there. I they're playing Cleveland state. Right. Um, You know, these, so I'm not a big bracket. I'll be probably, I'm sure in some brackets, but if you're doing a bracket, you know, you got to figure out how many people are going to be in the bracket. Yeah. If there's a, if it's a, if it's just your buddies and there's not a whole lot of you, um, then it's really doesn't matter what you do yeah like i wouldn't pick tech to do well right because if you have if it's your buddies right are all gonna have tech exactly doing well. so yeah you probably don't want to do have tech to do well uh, and you probably like but you, you're gonna have to pick the winner if, if you're in a larger pool you got to pick the winner yeah of the, of the, the whole thing right and um say so, you know the bigger the pool kind of the more contrarian you'll want to be right. in terms of who you pick you know because uh, everybody's probably gonna pick Gonzaga and or a one seed. And so if you've you know, if there's probably a 60, 70 percent chance of a one seed winning. But if you're in a pool of 5,000 people and all of them pick one of those, well, there's a 30% chance it, it won't be, you know. You you gotta try to get into that that kind of uh piece of the outcome, the the non uh, big name like and if you're a if you're in a bunch of if you're in a pool with uh Yeah, some for some reason on the west coast, maybe you don't pick Gonzaga. So, uh,
1: but that's you got to play your play play your pool just as much as you play the bracket.
2: So what I've been what I saw yesterday, and this is, I guess, par for the course for Tech, is we got some money people were picking us. Yeah, Um, it opened. You know, we opened as the kind of the not you know top ten shortest odds to win it all, tied with Oklahoma State. Actually, which wow. is not that surprising, you know. For, I guess for some, because we know they're really good. Yeah. Uh, and then over the course of the day, we were kind of bet down, away, from, kind of put a you know, put some distance between us and Oklahoma State, and uh, right. So we're like right at the ninth or tenth team. Um, and then we were also bet fairly big to win our region. So we were we we jumped like ahead of Arkansas. Who's the fifth seed in our in our uh, in South? You know it. Villanova.
1: Yeah. I got it pulled up. Yep, Villanova. <clears
2: <clears <throat> So, we were, we were bet um, ahead of them to win the region and Arkansas. Right. So, it goes one – and then who's the four seed? I don't even know. The, four the it seed goes,
1: is
2: – hold on, I got it. Uh, Purdue. It's, it's Purdue? Yeah. Okay. So, we were bet ahead of them to win, um, go to the Final Four. So, the, we are the – you know, at, at Circa, we were the third most likely team to go to the Final Four. It was like 10% chance baylor had like a 35% chance. Yeah. And um Ohio State had like a 20% chance. Um Texas was similarly getting bet down pretty hard. Um like that they, they were bet you know they, it was like a 40 to one when that when it opened up and um by the end of the day they were like down to 25 to one. And uh you know, there there was still a lot of like Texas 40 to 1, 45 to 1s still out there. There yeah. probably still is. So that I mean, there's might be value there. And then there the same thing was going on with their uh, to win the uh their region. I think they're in the east. So they were getting they were getting bet pretty significantly to win yeah, the, they're the
1: They're the three seed in the east. One thing yeah. I was gonna ask you is, you know, you're talking about all those futures and then the brackets coming out. How much like, how much pool does the bracket have? Like, if, if if you know if somebody if a team is liked, like let's just say Tech, like we always talk about how you know Tech is is liked relative to their ranking most of the time. And like, what, if the bracket comes out favorable or if it comes out pretty tough, does that affect the market?
2: Absolutely, does yes. And that so that's a good 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 question. Good point because that is kind of what surprises me the most about yesterday and seeing Tech's numbers moving the way they were because yeah. we, we have a really, really tough first round matchup. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, we're uh, like the line is giving us, you know, somewhere between 66% chance of winning. And that's like, I mean, uh, yeah, like a one out of three chance of losing is, is pretty high for, if you just go and look at the teams like that are around us, like Gonzaga, Ohio state, Alabama, uh, you know, Texas, Iowa, none of them are facing any kind of real elimination in the first round, whereas we are. And so, yes, it, it, should, like, you know, your question is like, does it shouldn't, does path matter? And like, yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's, it's interesting to me that we have a tough path. Well, we, we have a tough path, but it's really just kind of this first game. You that's know, what I was
1: about to say. Like, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like,
2: once we get through, and that's what's, you know, will be surprising about tech is uh, the way these odds will move if, uh, you know, we can get past the first one yeah. because, uh, or, or even the second one, but because uh, nobody else is having this kind of test that we will have this first game. Yeah. Um, and so when you're, you know, when you look a futures bet, you've got to, if you're going to make one and most people just want to put a bet out there and not to worry about it, to, you know, bet $10 on tech to win 400 or something and right. never look at it again. Uh, you know, like from my from my perspective, I don't want to do that. If there was a way that I could get more out of a bet, you know, and uh, so you could instead of just betting on a team to win it all, you could just you could just bet on them all six games, right? And just rein, reinvest the money, and it's called like a mechanical parlay. Yeah. And so uh, you should never do you should never take a future if betting on them to win every single game and reinvesting it would pay out more money. Right and for, and tech is an interesting one for me because um, I think it's a rare situation where the tech in the future, if you're going to bet tech, makes sense because um, you know all these other teams, no one is going to, to get more credit through the first two or three games than tech, <clears throat> in my opinion. If we win, because Utah State's really good, so it's a hypothetical where we beat them, Arkansas's good, and you know so so we beat them. And then we'll play Ohio State, and they're like a top six or seven team. Yeah. Uh, and say we beat them. Well, you know, you're looking. We're already a top ten team. And we, right. so we play these three games, and they're and they're, they're going to have to play really well to win all three. And so say we do, you know, we're going to be valued. Like going into a Baylor rematch, um, you know, we're going to be valued so high. Like everybody, I mean, <clears throat> whereas Baylor could actually like drop in their stock and, and make it to the third round. Right. You know, to like like they could squeak out a win against Hartford or whoever. They could like barely win against North Carolina on the last second shot. Or and uh, you know that their stock could drop as they go through. Whereas Tech, we have you know as a six seed, we have such a kind of a hard path. Like our stock can't can't drop. Like if we if we win, it's just going to keep going up. And right. it's just going to be hard to to get the most. If you're going to doing that mechanical parlay route for Tech, it's I don't think it's going to return as much as it, as it would if you were taking us like 50 to one, which is what I did last night.
1: I saw that. Yes. But, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Especially. I don't know. It's like you said, this Utah state matchup is, is tough. It almost reminds me of uh, the elite eight run SFA, like going into that game. I was like, that's not a great matchup. Like, it's really not like it's a team that play. like it's got athletes. They kind of play like we do. They shoot. Well, um or i can't remember all my thoughts on sfa from three years ago. that
2: that was scary that's a scary
1: it's like if we if tech could get past them i like the run because yeah it's kind of like i like the next matchup just like this time i whoever wins between colgate and arkansas i'll take i like i actually do like tech in that game um but we'll we'll be favored
2: i mean we will clearly be favored in that
1: game yeah especially on a day like I think Beard and his coaching staff's track record on you know those one day turnaround games is pretty yep. awesome. So
2: yeah. Um so yeah, with that SFA one, they were so unorthodox. Yeah. Um I don't think they had underwood, but they still had uh his system. They didn't have underwood, I know, but and the, you know, their their system is so weird. It was kind it still is. Yeah. Illinois doesn't do it like it's interesting. You know, Illinois is really good. Yeah, last year that their defense kind of clicked when they started doing, what do you know what we do? You know, right. they started icing ball screens, which they never did at SFA. They started doing all these Mark Adams things. And, and suddenly, you know, they fast forward, well, they've got good players. and Now they're um, like the third most likely to win it all. But at, back when we played SFA, they were, they still had that really bizarre system. Uh, but yeah, I, I, Utah state's kind of similar. They, um, just in the sense that, uh, they are like a little unique. Um, they're, they have size, you know, they have that really, really, really big guy. And then they they've got like some backups. They've got another seven footer walking around and they've got some other size too. Um, we're very, you know, we're constructed differently because they do have kind of like a traditional, um, more traditional team, like one through five point guard, like defined role and,
1: um,
2: a big guy. And then like they play a big guy next to him. Um, but uh, I, I'm kind of t- – I don't know if it's, like, a horrible matchup or not. But, you know, I listened to um, their coach, Craig Smith, I think, his coach's show yesterday. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, he, they were asking him because they've got some radio guy who's some guy like us, you know, like looking at to our height and weight. And, of course, he makes a comment. You know, he's like, well, they – you know, they got – they're really small. They got Matt McClung. He's real small. And then they've got these really small centers. And their coach is like, yeah, but two, three, and four are tall. They're long. He goes, they have girth. And he was like, and they can move, like yeah. really move. And you know, he was saying, you know, that, talking about how that's going to give them some problems. Or he was thinking it it. And, I mean, that's no surprise to us because that's like – that's our, how we built our team. Um, and we've always kind of thought that. Uh, uh, so I'm wondering if um, – you know, I think we'll try to really pace – Pace is going to be, like, such a um, critical thing, I think, in this game for for us. Like, um, we're going to really want to uh, try to beat them down the floor, I think, and not let them get set up. Because if they can get the big dude, like, in the middle, it's like, you know, get their defense set around that seven-foot guy. Because he plays a lot of minutes. So, he's probably – Pretty good at staying out of foul
1: trouble. He is. Yeah. I talked to Level about that. He only averages like just over two fouls a game. He has not fouled out. Like, not, it's something you don't, you don't see a lot when you see those seven footers like him, especially yeah. in basketball. It's pretty impressive. So, so apparently, you know,
2: he's from Portugal, maybe or some, yeah.
1: he's from South America. And Portugal I don't, don't think know. he would tip,
2: I don't think he would typically like stay in, uh, or he would have stayed in college like all year round. But the, with COVID, he has, he's been, like, on campus for them for, like, two years straight. Yeah. And they've, like, you know, he's lost, like, 40 pounds or something. And he's <laughs> um, he's done something to, like, keep him on the floor, you know, a lot longer. Um, but we're not going to want to, like, just go at him, I don't think. And we're not a jump shot. You know, we take a lot of jump shots, but, you know, we're not, like, a jump shot t- team. You know, we're, we're a, like, a downhill attack the basket team. And. Um, so we seems like, in my opinion, you know, we're not gonna we're gonna want to get out and run on them yeah. and, and not let them because you know, and I hate to I don't know how to say this or the political way, but they've got some guys that kind of look like me, <laughs> like and and I, I wonder how they will hold up, how those guys would hold up in a in a game where they're you know every defensive rebound, you know, we're sprinting down the floor and trying to score off of it, or every single turnover we're trying to
1: score no that that's a good point and it's something that level talked about like i said i talked to him before i talked to you and he said yeah they're they're number one that seven foot footer like he has an obvious advantage against our guys you know like he's better than Santos silva he's better than smith Um, but the rest of the roster you know mac has to win his matchup because he should Kyler has to win his matchup because he should, and down Terrence has to win his matchup because he should. Like like you said, down the list, down the line, we may not have the number one guy, but we should have, you know, two through ten. Basically, yeah, that makes sense. So, basically, you have to win those matchups if you're tech to win. Yeah,
2: and um, yeah, I think we should. You know, so our line opened at uh, four. That's circa, and then it was almost immediately bed up to four and a half. And then the last time I checked, it was at five. Um, you know, so it was kind of trending our way, but the total has just plummeted. I think it opened like 137, yeah, at 137 and a half. And it was at last night, I think, what well, <clears throat> was 131. And so, uh, you know, if you don't, you know, circa that is a sports book and in, in Vegas, and they're kind of like new on the somewhat relatively new, they, they take like real bets. They take $10,000 on these opening lines and totals, $10,000 limits. And, um, and I think it's 5,000 on the features and uh, like nobody else is doing that. And as a result, I, you know, I was seeing yesterday people were betting $10,000 limits on both sides of Baylor. So people were taking Hartford, like 26, 10,000 people were taking Baylor minus 25 and a half. And so what, what, when Circa, when they take that much action, they get, like, real sharp. People who do this for a living type uh, bettors. And so, like, for that Baylor one year, you know, they're pitting sharps against each other, basically. Like, some some group or some outfit thinks Baylor's a good play. Some thinks Hartford's a good play. Yeah. And if you, you – if know, if you if when you apply that to all the games, um, you know, people that big of limits, uh, they get, like – there's a real signal in their moves for Circa. And that, that's something that I think it, it makes sense just logically from somebody who like looks at these markets, like the most, whoever takes the most money, whoever takes the highest limits, that their movement is more significant than these copycat books. Yeah. Uh, so like for, uh, you know, Georgia Tech in the uh, ACC tournament, they were somebody at Circa was just pounding Georgia Tech, like moved their number all the way down. I took I took Georgia Tech plus nine hundred to win the ACC tournament because yeah. it was like an offline because I was watching circa the market just dropped there, um, and so uh, somebody's taking this under for Tech Utah State. You know, like for it to move six points, they, that means they've taken several limit bets on the under. Right. And I don't. I'm kind of wondering, you know, if um, with beard like the pace with taking an over. On this year's team, um, I'm always drawn to it because I think we so often need to play quickly, uh, and, and our, our game plan offensively will be to beat the other team down the floor. Yeah. Um, that it, I'm drawn, I'm drawn to it on one hand, but like if we get up, Beard can just like pull the, deflate the ball, right? And just and uh, but we also are so good at like playing fast, but like keeping the other team bogged down. And so, um, I'm, I uh, kind of like like a first half over type. I'm thinking about taking maybe like a first half over in our game. Just under the with the under One the theory start that,
1: would scare me there. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's true. But it'll be so low. I mean, yeah, yeah that's. Now, true. I, haven't, I haven't seen the total yet, but if it's a 131, the first half over is going to be like 60 points. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we. The, it's only going to take a couple made shots yeah. by, by both teams to. Yeah to get above that. But, you know, so I I could, I think we've got a chance to, um, to, to uh, really, really keep them from running good offense and at the same and and, and doing it in a way that um, can help us speed up. Like we can put a lot of pressure on them and and try to force turnovers and uh, get rebounds and go the other way. You know, they were, they were asking Craig Smith yesterday, um, you're like how do they turn so many? How do they turn people over so much? And uh, he was he said it's not not really like a full court press deal. They just get up in your you know what is what he said <laughs> in in the half court. Yeah. Uh, he he compared it to San Diego State, which I think makes sense. Like Steve Fisher yeah. there, he's he's kind of like who Utah State
1: beat, beat twice, right? They beat him twice in the regular
2: season. And they beat him and then they lost to him in the tournament. Yeah. Steve Steve Fisher's maybe you know, positionless before it was positionless, you know, before right. anyone was really doing it. Like the yeah. Fab Five team,
1: yeah. I know they
2: had some big dudes, but like Chris Weber, some of those, those guys had some skill.
1: It was so, modern, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, and he's been doing that at San Diego State. Uh, so the, I think they that is a – Utah State has struggled, um, not this year, because they've been twice, but has struggled against uh, San Diego State. Uh, and, and according to their coach, it's the ball maker. It's the, the ball handler, the, the, uh, the passers issue for them. Um, you know, we put a lot of pressure on them. You, you know, we, we just, everything we do on defense, it like forces the issue. So, yeah. so hard. Yeah. Um, you know, we force you to, we're just going to attack the ball and force we're going to leave people open and we're going to force the passer to make a play to get it to this guy. And, he, and then then we got to force that guy to make a play, you know, he's going to catch it and there's going to be somebody long closing out on him. And like, is he going to shoot it? Or is he gonna try to put it on the floor and do something with it? And, you know, we can try make people can make mistakes. It's just easy to make mistakes. Um, if you're really, really good, like Baylor, maybe, you know, you, you get 20 catch and shoot threes right. against this, but I don't know if Utah State you know, can do that. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost leaning towards thinking it's not a horrible matchup for us. Yeah. It's just a bad matchup because they're, they have good players. You know? Yeah. It's, um, it's like, it's a bad yeah. matchup
1: for Marcus and for Tyreek, but it may not be a bad matchup for the team as a whole, <laughs> you know, because level was, I think so uh, level and I were discussing the idea, you know, they, they do a lot of playmaking through that big, the big guy. And so, yeah, if Tech runs doubles at him, he will turn them all over. You know, so if Tech runs doubles at him, it's like you said. If, if Tech can run some doubles, force some turnovers, and get some easy buckets, this may not be as close of a game as some people are thinking. Um, and then it's also just nice to think we're going to play a team that's not a Big 12 team. That You know, they haven't spent years working against this defense. You know, it, exactly. it may catch them by surprise a little bit. Just not. O-
2: so not only that, not only have they not spent years – Playing the defense, but they played in the in the championship game in the Mountain West. So they yeah. you know, they went from Las Vegas to Indianapolis. They um arrived. They got into Indy, you know, like two in the morning or something Indy time, and I don't know their body time, maybe like midnight or something. And and they wake up and they had COVID tests at six in the morning or seven in the morning. So it was like Ooh. five a.m. their body time they took their COVID test. Everybody went to their own rooms and then they stayed in their rooms, weren't allowed to leave. And they ate their little four meals delivered to them, slid under the door. And then the, then the next day they had to do the same thing. Right. You know, I don't know what the normal protocol is like, uh, you know, like if it wasn't COVID, but I imagine the team we're playing, um, would be on the court running sets, like simulating our defense, um, you know, doing, like, telling these guys, like, look, they force everything baseline. This is totally different. They attack the ball. They, they help way outside the paint, and they try to draw these charges. And, you know, here's these spots on the floor. They're not going to let you go. Here's where they're going to let you go. These are the passes you can make. You know, like, you drive baseline, and as soon as the help comes, you have to throw a one-handed pass across the court to right. this other guy who's going to be in the corner. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm like, they're just sitting in their, their hotel room. And they, you, know, they, um, you know, they lose the championship game and they fly here and they're sitting in their hotel room and they're doing these zoom calls. I, you know, to me, we, we just do our thing, you know, like it doesn't matter who we're playing.
1: Yeah.
2: We don't, we don't need to go like simulate all these things. Right. Um, you know, we've played Derek Culver and, um, you know, we've prepared for TCU with a big seven foot guy. And, um, you know, I I don't To me, you know, we're kind of like, this triple op, it's not, you know, like it's like an air raid or spread or triple option where, you know, then, you know, they can play however they want, but we're, we got our stuff and we run it. and We don't need to see all these crazy looks from our scout team. Whereas I think it, that would, I think it hurts Utah state here. You know, they, they lose like four hours or something, body time, daylight savings flying here. Um, and then there's quarantine locked up in their hotel room um, for a couple of days. And it's like, that's seemingly kind of some valuable time to prepare to, to try to simulate what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's kind of a factor listening to their coach talk about it and then just comparing it to what we've been doing sitting at home and, and working on ourselves, I'm sure over the weekend. I, I think that might be an advantage for us.
1: Yeah. You know, that that's a really good point. And it just kind of speaks to the idea of a whole is like our defense is not foreign to big 12 teams, but we've seen, you know, the past couple of years in the tournament that it does give teams that are unfamiliar with it problems because it's just so it's so specific and what it like you want, you want to drive baseline. Yeah. We're going to escort you there. You know, it's just kind of, it's just so different the way, like, I mean, you'll see somebody, you know, if you're, if you can have the ball on the wing, we're literally guarding your, you know, your left hand or right hand almost just to force you further. It's yeah. just gonna kind of different. And so it's, you know, it's just something that it's, that's it's, it's a good thing to consider is they, they won't have the practice time really.
2: And so yeah, if you've got a um, you know a bunch of sets, offensive half court sets where right. um, the first part of it is taking a ball screen and going around it towards the middle. And like that's the that's what initiates the offense. Well, you know, like you're saying, we we ice that screen. We we don't allow you to do that. Yeah. So it's like that, that it's just thrown out the window. And and I'm wondering, you know, Big 12 teams probably they don't we that's not even a part of our of a Big 12 team's offense anymore. Right in the half court. It's like, why do it? You know, why why have the offense, you know, that's you can't even get into because of what the other – because of the Texas Tech defense that everybody runs. Uh, And so, I don't know. Utah State may have a kind of piece of their playbook that they just have to scrap. And um, listening to their coach, I could tell um, that us switching everything off the ball, too. You know, they do a down screen or a flare screen or back screen, Um, you know, he was talking about, you know, everybody kind of looks the same on our team, so we switch everything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they have offense that they run that is is built around some of those actions. And when you switch everything, it it disrupts it. Right. And, you know, suddenly you're, like, kind of stall out, and, you know, it turns into, like, a one-on-one, one-on-one thing. And, you know, they've got these guards who don't appear to me to be, like – one-on-one specialists, and um, so they're going to have to find a way to um, run off, you know, to get an offense, run offense against a team they haven't really seen before and against a style of defense that maybe they only see once against San Diego State or two two, couple times a year, and they're going to have to do it like in a weird prep um, uh, situation. With the last couple days, they've just been sitting in their hotel rooms and, um, you know, watching Zoom. So, uh, yeah, that so that I was kind of talking to myself yesterday, you know, into thinking that like personnel wise, it's not a great matchup. And really, just like you said, it's like that one guy. Yeah, the, and and there's another one too, um, Bean, Justin Bean. He's not that big, six seven, two ten, um, and he doesn't shoot. But you know, him and uh, the Queta guy. Uh, they have just taken so many two point baskets, and they're yeah. like they make them at a super high clip 56 percent. Both of them, yeah. they both made over 260 of them. They both shoot free throws at a really good rate. The yeah. bean is 80, percent but he doesn't get to the line quite like uh, Queda does. Mimi, yeah. they call him, they call him Queda Mimi.
1: Oh, okay, that's good. Now, yeah, nice. they uh, look, i I just have it pulled up here. Queda gets to the line. Almost five times a game and being just over two. Yeah. Or free throw attempts yeah. total, not even trips in the line. So
2: yeah, Mimi. So he's his free throw rate is top 120 in the country, yeah. which is really good. And then his like fouls drawn per 40 minutes is 96th in the country. Yeah. So he must just get hacked all the time. Right. He's got he's got the fifth best block percentage in the country. He just blocks
1: everything. Yeah. And um, and I'm sure that's just blocks, like not even counting shots. Effects. Or just even shots not even being taken.
2: Right. Yeah. It, they post, some, yeah. And, and, you know, I, we t- we've talked to some about how we, uh, you know, that we don't play this like perfect on paper math offense where – you know, everything's a layup or a three we take, we do everything, you know, we shoot two point jump shots and that might help us here because we don't make threes at a particularly high rate and go into the baskets kind of like our strongest thing Uh, here. It's, they've got something for that. They've got this monster guy who's just going to protect the, protect the rim. And um, you know, so maybe all these pull up jump shots, these two pointers that we take uh, will be effective here because we're going to need it. We're going to need them. We're going to need to create offense somehow against yeah. these guys.
1: The thing I was looking it, at – oh, sorry, go
2: ahead. Yeah, no, I was just they, they have from, um, you know, in our entire region, arguably uh, the best defense. Besides, you know, t- it's really like Baylor, then us, then them. Yeah. And from a, like, per possession uh, standpoint.
1: Well, yeah, it's funny that you say that, because what I was about to say is that the the shots they give up, it kind of looks like us in the sense that, you know, they allow seven point six threes threes per game, which is 229th. So they give up a lot of threes. Um, and then, or sorry, they, no, three point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Attempts per game. They allow 23.1, which is 245th and people shoot just over 33%, which is 147th. Um, so it, it seems like we are going to have threes to take. So yeah. You yeah, right. Take them. But then their two-point, they you know, there's they give up you know uh they shoot 64th, or I guess the opponents shoot uh what would rank 64th in the country, which isn't you know isn't great, but then well, or sorry, that's not true. They they shoot 42 percent, which is yeah, sixth, which is really good. So, stellar, yeah, yeah. So it's like they want you to take threes, similar to sorry, that was really convoluted what I tried to say, but they they want you to shoot threes. They give up a ton of them, um, and they you know they allow pretty good percentage of them to go in. That but that's because nobody's taking shots at the rim worth yeah. worth anything.
2: And I think that's what it is. Yeah. It may not be necessarily that they're allowing a lot of threes, like easy threes. It's just the alternative, it's right. going at this guy yeah yeah uh, in the middle. So you, it's just. People teams are going to be taking threes against them because that's better than challenging this guy at the rim. Yeah. Like you said, their two-point percentage defense is on Kempom's fourth in the country. Okay. Uh, It looks like their defense – it kind of looks like our national championship. Yeah. Like the the stellar block percentage is top ten in the country. Two-point defense, top ten. And they allow a lot of threes.
1: Level compared their big guy to Owens, Tariq Owens. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That would make sense
2: like defensively yeah 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 because i don't Uh,
1: think he's as skilled as owens was or or even as athletic like not saying he's a bad athlete but owens was just special
2: yeah owens was kind of was bouncy right just freak this guy i mean he's listed seven foot 250
1: yeah and
2: and he's got he seems to have a good touch you know like he's Looks pretty good around the around the rim. He,
1: yeah, and like he, I said, they run the offense through him, so he's got to have some level of skill.
2: Yeah, they've ever,
1: got uh, almost three assists. That's pretty good for a seven-footer.
2: Right. Yeah, They exactly. They, they've got uh, – I'm looking at their non-transition shot attempts. So, these are all attempts that are taken with uh, 19 or less seconds on the shot clock. And they're you – know, Mimi Cueta has taken 244. Bean has taken 191. And then the rest are below like 170, their guard. So it's uh they are so top heavy with these two guys, these the their center, and then who I guess will be playing kind of next to them, the four. Um, and so from the matchup side of things, that I tend to think that's in our favor. Yeah. because you know, we 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 do a really good job of um of preventing teams from getting the ball into the, to the paint. Right. And especially when our perimeter guys are bigger and more athletic and longer than the other team, because they think about Texas, when we played Texas um, the, the three times, you know, they've got athletes everywhere and they're, they have, you know, we, we poopoo on Chaka and Chaka might know what he's doing a little bit. And um, I think Shuck is pretty good at, you know, using all of his weapons. And, <clears throat> and uh, so bottom line is we were facing one of the best teams in the country just in terms of skill on the outside and, like, ability to set up some of their bigs. Yeah. And we fared pretty well against them. Right. And, um, like, this should be, like a, like, a much easier test. You know, right. we, 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 they're going to want to force it inside to throw the ball in the paint. And we're going to have the ability to kind of pressure them the whole length of the court to chip away shot clock and and if they're initiating their offense with like 18 seconds left, um, there that means this their guard's going to have just this small window to try to get it into to the, one of these guys and um, you know we, we the the those margins just really tighten up against our our defense yeah uh, we've got a chance to kind of just totally. Stat, you know, put them into a stagnant like quagmire thing where you know their whole game plan is to feed the, the ball into the paint, but it's it's hard, it's hard to do. Um, perfect. I could so,
1: see us fronting and having a guy like waiting for that over the top pass, you know, like basically just making yep. it it's gonna have to be a perfect pass or yep. uh, coming.
2: he's got so Queda, uh, on these on these non transition shots, and and same with being um, 60% of their makes were assisted uh, at the rim. So they're not like, you know, they're, it's not like they're just throwing, you know, like with Marcus, we throw it into him and kind of clear out and like, he will face the basket or um, do something kind of slower. Um, You you know, uh, we're not like assisting him uh, really at the rim as much. Yeah. Uh, So it, somebody else has got to make a play first for for one of those big guys to beat us, unless it's on the offensive glass. Right. And then, which they've they've got, you know, Mimi, he's got 30 putbacks uh, on the year, which is a pretty good, pretty good number.
1: I mean Yeah, there's seven in total rebound rate in the entire country, which kind of scares me. Uh, which but yeah. or and then they they allow their opponent, the 30, 30th fewest, so they're, they're just good on the glass. Uh, I will say I just saw John Hollinger, one of my basketball leaders, has Tech in the Elite Eight, so we got that going for us at least. <laughs> yeah, and I don't – That's like I said, that seems to be the thing, is Tech either loses to Utah State or they make it to the Elite Eight. I haven't seen much in between.
2: And I, I agree with those because it's not a – we have a pretty good chance of losing this first round. You know, like 33% is pretty high. I mean, um, for a team that's favored to win, to go to the Sweet 16, you know, it's kind of – it's odd to see, you know, that we're we're the favorite to go to the Sweet 16, you know, we're the favorite to win this first four-team tournament. And if you compare that to all the other 16, four-team tournaments, the favorite to advance from them is not a a four-and-a-half-point favorite in the first game. Right. It's a guy with like a seven-foot, 250 matchup nightmare you know, right. sets, it's just a, a strange deal. So I do think that narr- the narrative, you know, that I've seen where technically they're going to lose or go deep. There may be something, some truth to that or something, you know, it's, it's not out of the question that that's what, that that's what happens. Um, So back to, uh, you know, the trendy picks, like you're seeing these, seeing people pick um certain teams. I don't know maybe you said tech. So tech to go to the LEA. that's an easy one
1: yeah. for
2: us to think about. But, you know, if you're in a pool, if you're in a bracket contest at work, and it's a lot of Texas people, Texas tech fans or Baylor fans, or, you know, you're going to want to differentiate from everyone. You know, you're not going to want to have tech going far. And yeah, you may even want to have tech losing this first game. Right. <laughs> um,
1: because oh, you, you win either way.
2: Yeah. Well, everyone else is going to have tech going far and, and it's going to be a huge huge hurt uh, right. to everyone if tech does lose and then if tech loses you'll be super upset but maybe your bracket will be okay. <laughs> um yeah, it's uh you know they you know, they lost their first th- three out of their first four games. At Utah State. Yeah. You know, so they're they're what 19 and 5 since mid-December. They had they went for, they went 42 games, 42 days or something you know, without playing a home game. Right. That They lost a bunch of days in between. They've had guys hurt. They've had a season kind of like ours, but they just have played a schedule, you know, they're not quite like ours to where, you know, that they've been doing the home and home. They're playing teams back-to-back in the Mountain West. And, you know, so they got San Diego State twice at home um, and kind of went unscathed. You know, they were able to kind of survive their layoffs, whereas, you know, we're playing somebody every night. And uh, you know they they lost two uh, games at Boise. They're back. They back to back trips there. Boise State's really good. Yeah. Um. And it's playing at Boise's always tough. Uh, but otherwise, it's like, you know, they they haven't other than those first four games. You know, long long time ago. Um. They've they've been really solid. And um. Yeah. It's I I. I, I do think though that um, we are, a, you know, if they're a bad matchup for us, we're a bad matchup for them. It, it works out, you know. It's a it's a double edged sword there because yeah. for as much as them being big and um, and and, and um, you know kind of different in that sense is makes it a tough matchup for us. It's it does make it's the opposite the opposite effect too. You know, us playing small and being able to run and transition and, and try to get them in foul trouble potentially. Because I'm not sure, you know, they're, they're going to have anyone. Um, they've played many teams who will be as willing to challenge um, their bigs at the rim. You know, like Shannon can finish over that guy. Uh, Kevin McCuller can finish over that guy. Now, he might, you know, they may get blocked a couple times. But uh, mccullough has been going at Sims and Culver and all these guys. I mean, he's not, he's not afraid. I I don't I guarantee it. McCuller has... Grown man finish ability. Yeah, he can finish at the rim.
1: Yeah, that's what uh, Level and I were talking about. You almost you're you're gonna have to have a big game out of out of those two. They they got to stay out of foul or uh, those two McCullough wow. and Shannon. They've got to stay out of foul trouble and finish. Basically, you know, you need you need both of those guys doing playing at their best. Oh, sorry, doorbell just rang. Uh, you need both of those guys playing at their best in order to you know just to, to take advantage of, like you said, they may be a bad matchup for us in one sense, but we are also, you know, the rest of the roster I feel like is an advantage for us. Yeah. um,
2: Let's see. I'm pulling up their. So they, their defense has just been outstanding. Even in even in transition, you know, in synergy, they're in the 90 top 2% in transition. And they don't allow a lot of, of transition shots. And so that's, you know, that's not ideal. Um, I just don't know you know who they've been playing at, you know, like Air Force and, and some of these teams. The Mountain West is kind of unique.
1: I was gonna yeah. ask you your opinion on that conference.
2: It's, it's a sneak it's always a sneaky good conference. Um, but this year I don't think it's as good as it has been in the past. like you know New Mexico's terrible and New Mexico is usually pretty good. UNLB is normally really good and has athletes. they're not any good. Uh, even, like, Wyoming in the past has been good. They're not. Um, Nevada's down relative to what they normally are. Boise's about the same. They're good. Um, and Colorado State's pretty good. Yeah. And so this is, like, the you – know, Utah State's, like, clearly the second-best team in the league. But I think uh, uh, and in other years, they would be, like, the third or fourth best. like Nevada and UNLV, um, some of these other teams would be just as good or better. Uh, yeah. So, so it's not if if it's we're gonna be the the best team that they played this year, and I th- I don't think it's gonna really be close. Like it'll be like quite a San Diego State probably right there with us. But other than that, it it won't really be close as yeah. far as the skill level and and you know they they bogged San Diego State down uh, the first two times they played they want they won 57 to 45 those games and right. this is way in early january right and um, seems like just a totally different long long time ago you know
1: yeah that
2: they could be playing much differently now um and their coach seems to think they're playing as good as they've ever been right now right they had they had right. a lot of turnovers in the championship game
1: well, that, that, that would be nice say. for that to continue but it's like you always say on this podcast is like you know the Big 12 is is unique um, because of the, the just the level of athlete. And, you know Tech is right there near the top, and I don't know if Utah State has seen that level. I mean, I haven't really looked at their non conference, but definitely not in their conference. Have they seen guys like Shannon and McCuller and McClung and you know any of those guys? Tyreek.
2: I don't think they have. I don't. I don't think they have in, in a combination. Of our um, style of play. And then, yeah. and, and in combination with the defense we run, you know, if you, when you, when you put all those three in there, um, because we, um, we make you guard uh, guys one on one. So you can a lot, you know, McClung and Shannon and even Kyler, some and McCuller. Yeah. You know, you've got to, um, you've got to have the guys that can defend uh, them one on one. But then that same guy, has to be able to, um, you know, make passes out of uh, against our defense, um, like really, really good passes. Right. And when you look at the Big Twelve, Baylor, it's just not really a problem for them. Yeah. They got they've got three or four guards who can guard our guys and make those passes and make catch and shoot threes. And um, it's just there's not you know there's not a whole there's not many teams like Baylor or Oklahoma or even in Oklahoma State. Right. You know? got Cade Cunningham and some of these guys. It's just not that big a deal for Cade to guard Shannon and then to also take us off the dribble and execute passes against our defense. But there's not many Cade Cunninghams in the tournament (laughs) either. Um, So, yeah, I'm looking – let's see at their synergy. So that, you know, the one thing that they have struggled against defensively, like really bad – is what's called a spot-up possession, you know, which yeah. is when a guy just catches it with like a live dribble. You know, he doesn't, he hasn't taken his dribble yet, and uh, either shoots or uh, attacks, or you know, that's where we see all our pump fakes and stuff. Um, so that they're in the bottom ten percent defending that type, that play type, mm-hmm. and we—that's what we we do primarily. You know, we generate those spot-up attempts for Shannon or McClung. You know, uh, you know, Beard calls it the second or third pass, you know, he doesn't want his score to dribble the ball down and, and attack. He wants him to attack off his, his second catch, you know, the third catch. Um, so that's what that, you know, that could be a problem for them defensively. If we're getting a lot of those spot up looks for, uh, you know, Shannon and Mac and
1: right. Which which makes sense when you look at the, the amount of three pointers they give up. You know, a lot of those are catch-and-shoot, of the catch-and-shoot variety. I was was looking at their – this is random, so sorry. I was looking at their roster. The guy they have from the Ukraine, the high school he went to, is the basketball school of excellence. Wow. So, I mean, he's – I don't know. I just thought that was funny. Some
2: Must be some American (laughs) – which one is he?
1: Shulka? Yeah, yeah, the guard. He's the shortest guy. No, not the shortest. But one of the shortest guys on the team is 6'4". Yeah, it's just kind of funny. Their roster is just funny. It's just all over the place. They got a guy from Salina. <laughs> they got a guy. They got a guy from Texas? Yeah, Salina. <laughs> the uh, freshman Carson Stan, Stansty guard from Salina. Yeah.
2: I don't even see him on the – he's not even making their kimpong page. He must not play much.
1: He has played a, He's played in seven games, a total of ten minutes. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So another – one thing, it looks like um, they really run off of those affected blocked shots and affected shots. You know, they that is a big part of their offense, too, is, uh, you know, that guy blocking a shot and then them going the other way.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so they don't, like, run in transition. They don't make it, like, a point to do it, um, like, if we play Arkansas or Colgate um, or a lot of these Baylor, you know, Big 12 teams but they, they are kind of opportunistic, you know, kind of like the way we are, um, where, where they'll run off of their defense. And so if you think, so if you think like there's two ways, they're getting points, they're throwing the ball into the paint. And then on defense, they're running off of blocks or just prayer shots that are being thrown up because they've got such a big guy in the middle. Um, if you, we we can if you cut the head if you take those two away if you don't challenge the guy or if you just make good decisions when you do and um, you know you don't uh, leave yourself in a position to where they're pinning it off the backboard and running you know three on two or two on ones the other way right and and we're preventing them from throwing the ball into the paint with regularity and in good spots that's a big big part of their of their offense that we can i think pretty easily take away yeah i think we're we're well suited you know well suited to do that to take to take those two things away
1: yeah um, i i agree uh it's 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 i just can't get over the, this matchup in the sense of when i think about it on the surface it scares me just the their ability to rebound their big guy but the more you talk and the more you know i i look at the the basketball reference pages and all that stuff it's like I don't feel as bad as the initial, like, crap, we got to play the seven-footer. It's like, yeah, we do have the seven-footer, but it's like you said, we if you can take away these few certain things, which I think we, we can trust Beard and Adams to do, it's honestly not – it's not that big of a it. – it's not that bad of a matchup.
2: Right, because they don't have the guard, you know, piece, I guess, to put out there that can, can – like, I guess, force us to make decisions, you know, of yeah. – Do we want to sell out to stop these entry passes, and let this guy kind of like go to work off McClung or whoever, and um, or do we try to play like balanced and let this guy throw passes into the big guy? You know, I think we can decide. um, You know, let's just make these, let's make them beat us in a way that they've never really operated this year and and never beat anyone this year. You know, right. make 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 these dudes who kind of look like me make a bunch of plays on the perimeter um, and then the you know the other side is kind of interesting too the Colgate Arkansas because yeah. I'm kind of surprised at that line that Arkansas was um, you know not a huge favorite like only like nine points and um, it's like Colgate, is like a mirror image of Arkansas, but with just a bunch of white dudes, you know, the, like jacking up threes, pushing in transition. Like Arkansas is an eight and a half point favorite. I mean, there, there's a decent chance we play Colgate.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, they can like score. It's, not, it's not out of the question. They're to, the total in that game is 162.5. Yeah, so totally it is, so it, it's, it's right. It is now 30 over 30 points higher than ours. Um, and I like that for us because oh, yeah, yeah. we are kind of like style agnostic. It yeah. does not matter what the other team's style is, tempo-wise. It tends to become what we want to do. I don't understand that. I've tried to, like, for the past couple of years, like, really tried to try to you know to get a handle on why it is that Mark Adams and Chris Beard can just pick whatever tempo they want to play in. And, and like, I... I think it's Mark Adams personally, Yeah, um, you know, playing these lower levels is so long. And um, he just, you know, he knows he can pick certain defenses that have a tendency to slow teams down or speed them up. And, <clears throat> and so like, if we want to slow people down, you know, we play defense that's them down. And if we want to speed them up, then we're like trapping everything, all inbounds passes or after timeouts and we're like, you know, doing things so that makes them go quicker than they may want to. Um, but in any event, you know, when we play this game, you know, they're going to probably want to slow us down Utah state. Um, if we can survive, then we, then we play the winner of this track meet Colgate in Arkansas, and they will have just played this game that was so up and down. I'm sure their legs are going to be kind of tired, uh, from, from running up and down the court so much. And then they got to play us on a quick turnaround. And it's like, we're not going to just allow, a 160 total game. No. You know, we're not gonna just let this become unless we want it to be. You know, right. maybe we're, maybe we're playing Colgate and we're like, okay, you know, yeah. you you want to run up and down with with the with with us? Well, we'll, we're happy to do that. Yeah. Um. I, if it's Arkansas, we we probably won't. Um. And so I think that'll be tough for if we win. You know, whoever comes out of that game will be will then have to just completely get ready for a totally different matchup. Whereas with us, it just doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't really matter We you know, whether we're playing somebody who wants to play slow or fast, we just kind of do our own thing. Uh, it, it's I, I think that is a huge advantage come tournament time.
1: Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. I think that's why Beard and Adams and, and Tech has been so good in the tournament is because you they can play any style and a lot of, like I don't think Arkansas can. I think Arkansas can run up and down the court. Same with Colgate, like you said. And so I don't, but when you're when you're malleable and i think that has to do with the players that we have you know like a lot of people complain about our positionless but i think that gives us the ability to play a number of different styles now maybe we're not the best at any style but we, Good can, point. Yeah. we can compete with any style uh, and it's just like you said i mean when you come tournament time it's just really hard to find very many teams that do that I'm, i know
2: well, listening to mark few before you know that gonzaga team would be maybe the best team tech has ever beaten yeah. in basketball ever and uh before the game some of the like gonzaga local reporters were asking him you know how, you know get getting tempo like Gonzaga always does and push the pace. and few said well I don't think we will you know it takes two to tango is what he <laughs> said you know he was like you can you know playing fast requires some um acceptance right. some kind of complicity from the other team you yeah can, and he was like it's just not gonna happen yeah. and of course they kind of did they, that that's the only team i've ever seen that gonzaga and some of the baylor stuff this year um that was able to like force their own tempo on the tech team and I now we, we just did a little too but yes you're yeah i see your point and uh so we still came Came out of head, but, you know, even Mark Few in one of his best teams ever was kind of like, uh, you know, accepting the fact that just this tech, you know, you don't just get to pick the tempo or style against tech in the tournament. So that, that is it. But you do make a point. I, I think you're right. You know, it's not like we we don't you know, we're not like outstanding at any one thing. But if we can just make it this like a type of game that, that nobody wants to play. Yeah, we're better at we're better at that. If we, if we can, shots. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. They, I, I just love thinking about that Gonzaga game because the announcers the whole time were saying, uh, I don't know if tech wants to play this style, they can't run with Gonzaga. And then sure enough, <laughs> we did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, anything else you got? Uh just bracket in general or tournament in general, or anything, or maybe you still have stuff on Utah State. Uh no
2: yeah, we hadn't talked about I don't know how much y'all talked about the the Texas loss you know that's we
1: well, yeah, yeah we hit a little bit of that but, but yeah you know, we ahead. played so well
2: that's yeah. that was what you know it was kind of a mirror image of that first game right where, exactly where, what we said just played us and um but you know if there are you know, te- Texas right now is the eighth most likely team to win it all they're um not a favorite but close to a favorite to make to the Final Four, I think everybody, anybody with a basketball sense, as it knows that they've got as good of players as anybody. And uh, you know, if you if you lo- lose to Texas by a point and you outplay them, um, a top five team in the country could outplay Texas and lose by a point like that. That is within the realm of outcomes. That's very reasonable um, and likely. And so, just like us losing to them, doesn't mean that we're not very good. You know, it could mean we're like a top six or seven.
1: Team. <laughs> right. And we're just not so, as good as them.
2: <laughs> yeah, or that and that night because yeah, right. I think that outplayed night. them. I mean, yeah. I, I I think they've outplayed I think they outplayed us once. Um, we marginally outplayed them the last time, and then we beat them pretty good the middle time, the second time. You know, we go two and one against them. Um, I think a good team would do that. But uh, I, I don't know. I, we were playing, to me, it looked like we were on like a moving at a different speed in that game than we had been. And now maybe it was like people getting healthy, like Shannon starting. and Yeah.
1: Um, uh, the refs were letting a lot go, go was something that me and level talked about, which I don't know if that's why that game was so awesome, but I mean, it was intense. We were people flying around up until the very last play, but they were pretty much letting a lot of stuff go.
2: Yep. And, you know, we did the thing, it was kind of a mirror image of our season in the sense that uh, we were needing to out overcome being outshot. And they, you know, they were 42% from three, they made more of their twos than us. And, um, but we, we turned them over. We took care of the ball for the most part. We got to the line, we missed some free throws, Um, but we did the things, you know, we offensive rebounds, we, did great. Um, they they got some offensive rebounds too, but um, you know we we did what we were supposed to do to win, to overcome being outshot. We just barely lost, you know. And uh, so for the for the tournament, we, this is going to be something like every game, you know. If we don't, for us to make a run, we're, there's going to be a game or two where we outshoot the other team, and that so that'll be good. You know, we'll win those games hopefully, um, but the others. We'll have to do what we've been doing all year, kind of manufacturing points and um, t- taking more shot attempts than them. You know, like we took 14 more two-point shots than uh, Texas, and we attempted 12 more free throws. Wow! Yeah, that's the that's the formula for us because we're not going to make a lot. We're just going to get volume and, yeah. and get opportunities. And um,
1: we just uh, had it was it was either all or nothing. It seemed like offensively like the way you were either making everything or you literally couldn't score. And and those lulls like Texas was just kind of consistent the whole game. And those lulls killed us. It seemed like, yeah,
2: yeah. The the two lulls, the one at the end of each half.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Devastating. And and, And to me, that's what I was saying with level is like, you've got Kyler going now. If you can just get McClung close to where he was, you, you've got a closer with him. You know, it's just like can we can we get both of those guys playing well?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think in the UT game under the, the under four minute timeout, we was um, we were winning sixty six to sixty one. Yeah, and we were McClung was on the line doing a one one, and he missed a he missed it. Yeah, and we didn't score another point. So like Sheesh. you know, we're winning by five. We had according to Kempom, and I don't even know if his if these numbers are taken into account that we were on the line shooting free throws, but you know he. he was giving us a 90% chance to win at that, based on the, at that point that in the game. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it, the bit, if I'm, if anybody got screwed, it was Utah state because they, they had a good season and then they get matched up against a team. That's um, you know, top 10, you know, they're playing the six seed and the team they're playing is a bigger favorite to advance than the three seed <laughs> on the other side of the tournament. like Colgate, you know, Colgate got an easier draw than, uh, Utah State. Wow.
1: Yeah, I guess I didn't even look at it like that.
2: That's right. Wild. Uh, so yeah. So so yeah. But for brackets, you're gonna have if it's a small pool, um, and you know you're gonna have to pick the winner, then you're gonna want to go chalky. You know, you're gonna want to pick one of the favorites: Gonzaga, Illinois, Baylor, yeah, somebody up there, and just hope they win. And uh, you know, but you're gonna want to pick the one, I guess, that's like. Got the least likely chance of having a lot of others on them, so maybe Illinois. You know, Illinois is like being given um, maybe like a fifteen percent chance or so of winning the whole thing. Right. Uh, so if you got, you know, if it's maybe less than a hundred people in it, in it, um, then you're you're gonna want to go chalky, yeah, and and pick maybe like an Illinois or a or even a Gonzaga. Right. You know, because if Gonzaga is being so Gonzaga right now is like plus one ninety uh, to win it all. Um, for the most part, it's there being, it's like a 33% chance or something to that effect. So if there's a hundred people in the, in your league, in your pool, and less than 33 of them pick Gonzaga, you're going to want to pick Gonzaga you, that gives you the best chance of winning. Yeah. Uh, if There's more than 33, then you don't want to pick Gonzaga. And if you're in a huge pool, like on the ESPN one with like thousands of people, um, then I would do. You're gonna to need to. I would not pick a one seed. You know, I'd pick somebody like um, Texas, maybe. Unfortunately, right. or uh, or maybe like U of H. Yeah. Or maybe that last one seed, like Michigan, or something like that. Uh, so that and then uh, I don't know if anybody does. I like Survivor leagues. It's where you pick like one team a day to win. Once you pick them, you can't pick them again.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, you can pick one team twice. And so there's like some strategy there. You know, if you pick Gonzaga in the first round and then you get to the elite eight and you're still alive and you've used up like six of the teams, you know, you can't, you're in, you get in a tough spot. You know, you're going to have to, you kind of have to be selective in the early uh, portions to uh, advance. And it's the same concept, you know, like you don't want to be on the team that everyone picks because it doesn't, you don't benefit from it. You know, if they win, you're still alive, but so is everybody else. And if they lose, you're dead, and everybody else is dead. You right. know, you, you know, you need to get kind of differentiate yourself.
1: Uh, you don't get ahead, cool.
2: right? Got to risk it. Yeah, and then if you're if you're betting on these, just good luck. You know, you know, these are uh like these these games tend to get the most volume from from betting standpoint, like dollars bet into them, and uh, you know the the more money that's bet into a particular matchup, the harder it is for you to win. So like NFL, you know, NFL games, there's so much is bet each week into those, into those lines. You just, you're not going to win. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to overcome the pain minus 110, you know, paying $11 to win 10 uh, when the, the lines are that sharp, you know, you, you've got to be smarter than everybody basically yeah. that's betting into the game for you to win. It's just not very likely. Um, and the kind of the same goes for, Uh, these March Madness games. Like it's just, it's really, really tough. You're you're, going to need to have uh, some kind of advantage in terms of being able to shop for lines, you know, and taking numbers that aren't really available elsewhere. Right. So maybe you you have, yeah, maybe you have a book that um, is like Texas based. And so, you know, Baylor maybe is favored by like 28 or something against Hartford where everywhere else it's 27 or 26 and, You know, you take Hartford um, or maybe Tech is favored by like six against Utah State, whereas the line is really five somewhere else. And you take Utah State. But uh, I don't plan on betting a whole lot on these games because it's just I can't, you know, I can't win. Can't win against the, the juice.
1: Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess that that's why you like all those other types of betting you were talking about or like the yeah. rankings yeah and confidence the and pools stuff.
2: right because i know i can read the rules and have an understanding of the rules and um you know if not everybody else does then i have an advantage and if um not everybody else is looking at them the markets the way i am right. you know i think that should give me an advantage and then the other thing i do is i just like spam spam entries like i have more <laughs> entries than everybody else and i put yes. a lot in you know, I get people to throw in and we go really hard at them. You know, i have yeah. all kinds of uh, different entries in there. And, um, you yeah, know, so if I've got 10 and everybody else has one,
1: then I've got a pretty good chance. <laughs> that's that's also a good strategy. All right, man. Well, this was fun. You got anything else before we get out of here?
2: Um, I think so. I mean, what do we th-
1: What do we think about Baylor? I mean, I don't want them to win. They, <laughs> that's what I think. They have dropped significantly. You know, in the I'll last tell you minutes. what, I just filled out my bracket this morning. I have Villanova over them. See, just, yeah, that's probably a good. Just because a, I'm like you, I try to find just like risks that either pay off or they kill me. And so I, I don't know, I'll take Jay Wright and just the pedigree there. But like that's dumb. I mean, that's that's not probably going to happen. But I don't know. I, I just can't imagine a world where good things happen to Baylor. Although I guess we've lived in that world for a long time.
2: I agree. Yeah, I'm looking now, so North Carolina is uh, actually being kind of moved down significantly in their in their um, in the national championship futures. So yeah, that
1: was constant in the first round. So
2: somebody thinks that. There's a chance, you know, that uh, Baylor could drop one to them. And it's not ideal. I mean, if I'm Baylor, I'm kind of like, we might play North Carolina, you know, in, yeah. a, in a round of 32. It's not.
1: They at least have a ton of talent.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's that you'd think they would, the number two overall seed would be rewarded a little bit more than
1: probably right. the
2: winner of North Carolina and Wisconsin. Uh,
1: so, yeah. Cause when you look at the other eight, nine matchups, like, if I'm Baylor, I'd rather play LSU, St. Bonaventure, Loyola, well, Jordan. Now, now, that
2: you, now that you say that, isn't Oklahoma State an eight-seed, too? No, so
1: Oklahoma. Oklahoma State's four. Uh, okay, you're right. Okay,
2: yeah. So, Oklahoma, LSU, and North Carolina are in eight seats. And so, Chicago,
1: Loyola, Chicago.
2: Yeah, well, okay. nobody really. I mean, no, any one of those teams could beat a one-seed. Oh, I mean, yeah. Give a nine.
1: But yeah. I would say North Carolina is the going to be the most talented, whether they, they play the best basketball. They, like LSU, we saw LSU up close. They have some shots. Well,
2: yeah. The, the odds at Circa agree with you there. I mean, North Carolina's is um, super low odds relative to Oklahoma and LSU.
1: Is that kind of <laughs> like uh, the Cowboys in football where their odds are always kind of skewed because they have so many people betting on them?
2: Yeah. Um, probably so he, yeah he, that's why circa is different you know um with these future odds like the cowboys to win the super bowl you, you know you go to your sports book and it's got all the teams listed
1: yeah and
2: you can't bet the opposite you can't bet on the cowboys to not win the super bowl
1: right you can
2: only bet on them to win the super bowl and so whenever you whenever your a book is offering the futures that way uh then yes what you're saying is true like the cowboys will just be super and you know, manually adjusted down, and yeah. it's a terrible bet to bet on them. But but at circa, every, they are all what's called a two-way market. You can bet on a team to win, or you can bet on a team to lose. Uh-huh. Uh, and so, if um, it's it's much less likely for that to be the case because uh, you know somebody can apply pressure the other way and bet on you know if if like the, if the Cowboys are manually shaded way way down, well, someone's going to bet on them to not win. Right, lay a lot of money, and same with the with these, and uh, you know, with North Carolina being moved down, that means there's no pressure. You know, there's no pressure on being put on them to not win. Somebody making bets, but there's people betting on them to win, Um, and these, uh, yeah, and same goes for Tech. You know, we've moved from forty down to thirty-two to one right now. I I saw some. I have a fifty. I had a fifty to one available for Tech. So. Um, you know, at at Circa, you'd have to lay 50, about 50 to one on tech to not win. So basically, you know, in in other words, Circa is comfortable taking the same position that I would be betting on tech to win 50 to one, which means, you know, if they're they're comfortable taking that, that means it's probably got an edge there, you know, that that they think they can make money on that long term. Uh, And so that's why I took it. I've got, if we want to go... If you want to go through my my sheet, I've got a long a, a you know a lot of a lot of futures in play.
1: I've got yeah, that, that's a good idea. Let's end there because like, I'm sure people are interested. Where
2: yeah, do you got? so I've got you know before the tournament uh, or you know before the season, I had I took Gonzaga ten to one uh, and it was kind of like a that was my biggest position on them. And then I've been talking about it in the last couple of weeks like I thought they've been mispriced in the in, in the market like the, they've been available at plus
0: 250
2: mm-hmm. and um you know it turns out now you know they're plus 190 at circa so when i was so i kept betting them plus 250 slowly um so my net position on gonzaga right now is uh plus 437 is the are these the odds i have so you know if they're plus 190 i've got plus 437 that's pretty good yeah um i had a huge like texas was kind of like my massive exposure team where if they won, I was going to be in big trouble.
1: Yeah. Um.
2: But I, you know, yesterday I saw the pressure coming in on on Texas. You know, they're they were moved down like they were plus twenty six hundred to win it all. And I had a couple spots that were late to move or or something. Um, and so I bet them really really big at um, you know forty two to one and forty to one. Um, so now I've got you know Texas in a, in a good spot. Um, I've got U of H before the season, um, and kind of during the season, I got them at 20 to one. So then now they're kind of 13 and a half. Um, so I've got some value there. I bet against Michigan, uh, took a big bet against them at my, at minus 600. Um, and that really was kind of a, a, a buy off, um, because before the season, uh, I had them at, let's see, what would that be? Oh, it was like maybe 70 to one. So I had Michigan 60 to one before the season, and then just kind of bought off of it by betting against them, hmm. uh, trying to kind of build a, really trying to build a Gonzaga position. And then I had, and then I took Baylor before the season at 11 to one. I didn't think that made any sense. I thought they'd be Baylor and Gonzaga would be one seeds pretty clearly. Um, so my big exposure, Michigan, Illinois, Alabama, those are the ones I just can't have. And then uh, the ones that I have really, really good numbers on, you know, Gonzaga, U of H, Villanova, UT, Tech. Um, and then kind of if they win, nothing really will happen to me is uh, Baylor, Iowa, Ohio State, um, those teams. So I I think it's an, like, you know, I use what I'll do is I'll put my numbers in, so I'll have each team and then I'll have well, the result uh, if they win. And then I'll go through and um, use Circus numbers or everyone else's to get an implied percentage, you know, of them winning. And uh, we'll kind of multiply, you know, the outcome times the percentage and have an idea of, like, what my expected value would be. And it's over 1,000 right now. You know, we've, we've, we're in a position, you know, where it's telling me, you know, odds are we're going to win. Yeah. So like we have we have an edge, but you never know. You know when the when the ball tips up, what
1: will happen? <laughs> there you go. All right. So if you want to make some money, listen to what Hunter said. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, this was fun. I'm getting excited now. I was yeah. Friday seems so far away, and now talking to Level and then talking to you, I'm, I'm ready to tip off here today at twelve forty five. So I'm gonna have yep. to I'm gonna have to do something to bide my time during this spring break. Um, but you know, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll talk again, win or lose. Um, hopefully maybe Saturday, Friday, we'll, we'll get together. We'll, we'll see what we can do. Um, and if we're previewing a game or discussing what happened either way, uh, we'll come back. So, uh, have a good rest. Sounds of good. Again. Yep. You too. Talk to you later. See ya.